Imagine you are the customer, as so many of us are, of a SaaS offering that you pay for on a yearly basis. I have a year-long subscription to Stencil, for example, a tool for making and posting internet images. I love Stencil, I use it all the time, and I highly recommend it. In fact, I love it so much that I'm an affiliate. There's a link to it in the show notes at alltheresponsibility.com slash 319. Irrespective of my fanboying over Stencil, I'm going to use it as an example in this episode. So, you're a customer of this SaaS app. At the end of the first year, what happens? Well, you get an email saying your subscription's about to run out. Simply do nothing and we'll re-up your subscription using your credit card that we have on file. You've all seen this. Hi, I'm Nils Davis, and you're listening to All the Responsibility, None of the Authority, the podcast for product managers, product marketers, innovators, and founders, basically everyone who wants to create more value in the world by delivering solutions to problems that need solving, and that is to say anyone trying to build and sell successful products. This is episode number 319. Okay, you've just gotten that email that says your product is about to renew itself if you do nothing. Or, even worse, it says, if you want to renew, please update your credit card on file. That is, you actually have to take some action in order to renew. So what happens at that point? Well, if you're like a lot of people, and especially if this is a very big ticket item, like some enterprise software, you're going to think, hmm, I wonder if there's a better deal out there. It's been a year since I chose this product, and it's been fine. But I bet the market has changed. I bet there's some new offerings. And then you might find yourself doing a little shopping, and you might find a potential new vendor. And you might say, well, I bet this new tool will be fine, and they're a bit cheaper. Dun, dun, dun. That was the customer perspective. Let's flip things around, change our perspective a little bit, and see how that looks from the vendor's perspective. So imagine now you're not the customer any longer. Now you're the vendor. And you know your customers are likely to do this scenario I just described. So if you're from Stencil, so now we're back to Stencil, or from any SaaS vendor, alarm bells should be going off for you at this point. This is not how you want your customer to behave. You don't want them shopping around. They are going to churn right out from under you, and there go all your metrics. So what can you do about this? Well, there's a lot of different things you can do, and I'm not going to go into a great list of those. You can try, particularly if you're an enterprise software type of company, you're going to be applying some human touch to this situation to try to keep the human connection going with the customer. And this can work if you're a big enough company and your deals are big enough and you have enough revenue for each customer. But there's another technique that I do want to talk about, and it's what I call the what have I done for you lately report. And this is basically a report or a message or an infographic that illustrates all the value that this particular customer got from your product in the last year. It doesn't actually have to be a report, but that can be a convenient format. An infographic might be great as well. So let me give you an example. As I said, I'm a customer of Stencil. And let me first of all say, I don't know if Stencil uses this technique or sends the we're going to renew you next week, thank you very much, email. I'm just using them for illustration purposes. I use Stencil at least twice a week. I use it for the thumbnails for my weekly YouTube webinars, and I use it to create my featured images for every episode of this podcast. So that's at least two images, two thumbnails, every week. And these thumbnails actually have a lot of metadata, well, at least some metadata associated with them. For example, the YouTube thumbnails are based on a YouTube thumbnail predefined template, so Stencil could make a guess that they actually are YouTube thumbnails, 
There may actually be additional metadata in the images themselves that, that indicate that. I don't know. And likewise for my podcast images, which are essentially WordPress featured images, and that's a standard size as well. Without knowing anything else about what I do or what I'm using these images for, Stencil could make some educated guesses about how I've used their tool over the year. Now, they also could maybe take a look at my images and see, for example, that they're very similar, all my images, and that again suggests that they might be thumbnails or something like that. Now, they could use these inferences to create a little end-of-the-year report about how much value I've probably gotten from Stencil. It might say something like this. Thanks for being a committed user of Stencil. We see you've created over 50 YouTube thumbnails in the last year. It sounds like your YouTube channel is going great. You've also created almost 50 WordPress feature images. You're creating a lot of content, and we love content creators. By our calculations, you've saved over 100 hours in the past year versus trying to create these images in your own image processing tools. Thanks for being a great customer, and we look forward to having you as a customer for a long time. And oh, by the way, based on the way you're using Stencil, we think you might find our new feature for XYZ extremely valuable. Click here to check out a quick video on how you might use it in your workflow. Okay, I obviously don't know exactly what Stencil's email would say. They know some metadata about how I've used their tool, and they can assess it using their own algorithms to make a guess at what kind of customer I am and potentially how much value I've gotten. Let's say they send me this email with my yearly value you've gotten from Stencil report at about month 11 of my membership. I take a quick look at this email. I see that, well, I really have used Stencil a lot. I've gotten a lot of value from it. And clearly, they know enough to put these results in terms that are meaningful to me. And they're just kind of nice for reminding me about how much value I've gotten from the product. And that feature, the XYZ feature, it actually does look useful, and I hadn't seen it before. I didn't know about it. So then when I get the email at month 11 and a half about automatically renewing, I'm much more likely to just click, okay, go ahead and renew me. You've been a good investment. You continue to support me. You know what I'm doing. You understand me. So I'm just going to go ahead and renew. Now, does this what have I done for you lately report guarantee the renewal? Of course not but it might keep a few customers from actively researching for replacements. To do something like this, you have to be able to interpret the data you have about how your customers use your tool into terms your users will resonate with. Remember, they're not interested in your capabilities in particular. They are interested in what they're achieving using your capabilities. So that's why I suggest Stencil go out on a limb and say, you made 50 YouTube thumbnails, it sounds like your channel is going great. They see that I'm creating things that started out at any rate as a YouTube thumbnail, in terms of the template, and I just make one of a couple of those every week, they're going to make the assertion or make the assumption that that means I'm creating YouTube thumbnails. They might have other ways of figuring that out too, but if they make that assertion, it's like they're recognizing that what's important to them is not that I created images, but that I'm creating YouTube videos that need thumbnail images in order to have my YouTube channel look great. So you must be able to make that mapping from the data you have to meaningful results for your users. And sometimes it's easier than others. As a product manager, I think you should know this stuff. At least you should have some intuition about what certain types of usage patterns mean for how your customers are getting value from your product. Again, your customers aren't using your product to be users of your product. They're using your product to be successful at their job, to achieve things they couldn't otherwise achieve, to make more money faster, or to create more value in the world faster. And if you can help your users understand how their use of your product helped them achieve those goals, they are going to love your product even more. Now, as I say, I call this technique the what have I done for you lately technique because it's all about what the product has done for the user 
to help them achieve their goals. And by the way, this can work even if the buyer and the user are two different people or groups. And that's often the case with enterprise software. The what have I done for you lately report in this case would typically be targeted to the buyer rather than the user. You might actually make, be able to make use of some of this same type of data to talk to the user as well. But in terms of who's going to pay the check for the renewal, the buyer is probably the person you want to target. And again, you're going to want to make sure that it gives an interpretation of the product's usage in terms that the buyer cares about. For example, at NetIQ, where our product was a system monitoring tool that essentially monitored whether your servers were about to fall over or not, this report was about how many critical failures we were able to prevent before they happened. And we had a setting in the report that said how expensive was a critical failure if it wasn't detected. We could easily create a report about how much the critical outages would have cost the company if they hadn't been found. And obviously, that's money saved for the company. The numbers mount up fast, and so the report was extremely compelling. And it easily showed that our product had a really outstanding and compelling ROI. So how do you put this idea into action right away? Well, there's three things you can start doing today. First of all, you need to figure out how usage of your product represents achievement of one of your user's goals. For example, in the stencil case, creating YouTube thumbnails represents putting lots of content up on a YouTube channel. You might want to be more sophisticated in your analysis than that, but that's a pretty straightforward relationship to infer. Now take a few of these relationships between product usage and user goals and craft a report or an infographic or an email that you can send out to your users at auspicious times, such as just before the annual renewal. Now, you can use this analysis in other ways as well. For example, you can find the data that represents a user who is not getting good value from your product and take action to try to warm them up again. You might literally flip the script on this. If a customer has been doing YouTube thumbnails, for example, in fits and starts, you could send an infographic that's not about them per se, but about other customers who are having success on YouTube using your product and maybe some tips on what they're doing, separate from your tool even, to be successful creating things on YouTube. So once you've figured out the relationship between usage and goals, there's a lot of directions you can go. It's a very powerful tool for sales and marketing. It'll help you retain customers, as I've already discussed. You might be able to use it to warm up customers who've gone cold. And you can also use this data to figure out which of your customers might be great candidates to do a success story with you. I recommend you try out this What Have I Done For You Lately report concept with your own product and let me know how it goes. If you'd like to talk through how you might do it, what data you have and how to interpret it, drop me a line and I'd be really happy to help you come up with some good ideas. I find this really interesting stuff. So feel free to just get in touch with me. It's very easy. Nils at NilsDavis.com and many other ways. And I would love to have a chat with you about this. No obligation. Thanks for joining me on episode 319 of All the Responsibility, None of the Authority. Take a look at the episode notes at alltheresponsibility.com slash 319, and you'll find links to the various resources I mentioned in the episode and a few other podcast episodes and blog posts and articles and things you might find relevant to this conversation. Also, the link to Stencil, which again, I highly recommend if you want to create quick thumbnails and things. It's a really great tool. You can leave me a comment with your thoughts on what have I done for you lately? And if you're already doing something like this or have seen it used, I would really love to hear your stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe via iTunes or your favorite podcast subscription. Please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. If you listen on the Overcast player, click that little star at the bottom of the podcast that helps everybody else discover the show. The feedback's really helpful. 
and all the feedback helps people discover the show and also gives me great insights into what people like to hear about. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye. Ignition.